Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When I write these true crime episodes, I always focus on cases that have a clear crime. But in order for a clear crime, I need clear information from law enforcement. But what happens when law enforcement does not provide that information? This is exactly what happened in the case of Lauren Smith Fields. My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime Annette. Lauren Smithfield was a beautiful, vivacious, and successful young Black woman from Bridgeport, Connecticut. She was 23 and just full of life. She was attending Norwalk Community College while working as a beauty, travel, and lifestyle influencer. She also was certified in laminating eyebrows, so Lauren literally did it all. But what she aspired to be was a physical therapist. And just from scrolling through Lauren's Instagram, you can tell that she was literally living her best life, you know, living her life to the fullest, seizing the day, literally doing all of the inspirational sayings that we that we tell ourselves to get ourselves through the day, she's been living that. And she reminds me of me when I was younger, when I used to live on the beach in a bikini back in Jersey, just having as much fun as I possibly could, okay? In Lauren's free time, she loved working out at the gym. You know, she was really interested in staying fit. She loved ordering matcha tea, which is delicious. And she loved traveling. And she documented all of this on her social media. And at the time of me recording this, Lauren's page has almost 20,000 followers. So she's doing pretty good for herself. Lauren is described as being kind and affectionate. And in an interview with the New York Times, her mother lovingly calls her bubbly and a hugger. And Lauren was your typical 20-something on the dating scene. Like many, she used dating apps. And one day, she met this older man on Bumble. Now, we don't know the name of her date because as of now, he is not an official suspect. So they aren't releasing his name just to protect him. But we do know that he is a 37-year-old white man and the two had been talking for a few days on Bumble before Lauren invited him over for drinks at her house on the night of December 11th, 2021. Now, this is the sketchy part of the story because here we only have his words, not Lauren's. But this is what he relayed to the police and this is the story as seen in the police report. The two were on the couch watching a movie when Lauren said that she had to go outside to meet her brother. 
When she came back, her date says that she went to the bathroom for around 10 to 15 minutes before returning to the movie. He claims that when she came back, her date says that she went to the bathroom for around 10 to 15 minutes before returning to the movie. He then claims that she fell asleep and he carried her to her bed where she spent the night. He then said that he woke up at around 3 a.m. to use the bathroom and Lauren was at the time sleeping soundly and he noted this because she was snoring pretty loudly. But when he woke up at 6.30 a.m. that morning, Lauren was not breathing and she had blood trickling out of her right nostril and it was beginning to pull on the bed. And her date does exactly what he's supposed to do, according to him, of course. He immediately dials 911. And under the instruction of the 911 operator, he performs chest compressions on Lauren until help arrived. When police and paramedics got there, an officer actually described him as being frantic and visibly shaking. And paramedics actually declared Lauren dead on the scene and speculated that she could have been dead for an hour or more. And that's it with Lauren's case. Case closed. The story just stops there, or so it seems. And now it's time to hear from our sponsor. What's more important than a peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you the peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So as a mom, literally my only time to myself, my only me time is when I get into the shower. And today's sponsor, Way, is helping me up my shower game with their Melrose Place Body Cleanser. This cleanser balances out and nourishes your skin. And it just has this really luxurious lather that just turns my shower experience into the spa day that I crave every single day. Experience the new Melrose Place Body Creme and Body Cleanser. Your body your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code BELIEVE. 
And let's get back to our story. So we left off as pretty much at that point, the end of Lauren's case. She was found deceased in bed where her bumble date and that was it. No one was questioned. And get this, not even her own family, her own mother was notified of her passing. In fact, okay, the day after Lauren's death, Her mother was texting her throughout the day, completely worried and concerned because she hadn't heard from her daughter. That night, Lauren's mother, named Chantal Fields, went to Lauren's apartment with her son, where she found a note on her daughter's door that read, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. Unfortunately, It was the landlord that informed her of the death of her daughter, not trained police officers as it should have been. The landlord did provide a phone number to detectives, to a detective that was working Lauren's case. The detective informed Chantel's son, who was the caller, that Lauren died shortly after a bumble date. And he was not forthcoming with information, like at all. In fact, all he said at the time was not to worry about the date because he is, and this is a quote, a really nice guy. When the family called the detective again, he was even less helpful and more short and allegedly ended the phone call abruptly. Not the way you want to treat a grieving family that you just literally ignored and didn't even tell that their loved one was deceased. And that's where Lauren's case was left for weeks. Yes, weeks. And in this time, the family didn't even know how Lauren died. They were not releasing her cause of death. They were just, she was just deceased. No information, nothing. It's literally insanity. It wasn't until Lauren's 24th birthday on January 23rd, so over a month after her death, when loved ones and activists marched to the mayor's office in protest, did the case begin to move forward forward. So they pretty much waited until public outcry was just too great to ignore, which by the way, spoiler, is not how our justice system should work. But the day after this march, the medical examiner released Lauren's cause of death. An overdose of fentanyl combined with a prescription medication and alcohol. The office ruled her death an accident. Hmm. Something I just want to stop here because something that I really had to double check here was these dates because it's just insanity straight bananas to me that they seemed as if they known what her cause of death was and only released it. Mind you, not just to the public, but to her own family who loved her and cared for her. They only released it after the protest. I don't know if that was just really poor timing, okay? Because it could have been poor timing. It could hypothetically take them that long. Or 
what a lot of people speculate was that the public pressure was just getting too great. And that's what I'm leaning towards because the timing is just too perfect. It's just too perfect. That's not how things work. And in this time, the family actually hired an attorney named Darnell Crossland because from the start, they were not giving due process, which means that they essentially weren't given fair treatment in the case of Lauren's death. No one told them. No one was questioned. They were treated rudely. Uh, Her mother claims that every time she would try to speak to police, they were very dismissive, very rude, almost as if they just wanted to get rid of her. And so they already had planned to sue the police. And the family attorney, Darnell Crossland, just finds Lauren's cause of death of overdose just odd saying and I quote I've never seen a medical examiner conclude a mixture of drugs as an accident without knowing who provided the drugs or how it was ingested Lauren didn't use drugs end quote now okay Lauren's 23 okay if a 23 year old was using drugs, they probably wouldn't tell their family. But fentanyl is hard to hide. It is a down and hard opioid. So if anything, they would have known. And if they didn't know, it still doesn't matter. So even if she was a drug user and a known drug user, still, the lawyer is saying here that usually they try to find who provided the drugs or how it was ingested. And that was not released at all. If they did have that finding, it was not released to the family. Then, so this is all in the same week, guys, okay? So a few days later, Mayor Joseph P. Ganim admitted in a press conference that the police department mishandled Lauren's case. And as a result, the Office of Internal Affairs would be conducting an investigation to see if her case was actually mishandled, which spoiler it was. And on top of that, the detective working working Lauren's case was also reassigned. And Mayor Ganim states, there is no tolerance for anything less than respect and sensitivity for family members and their loss, end quote. But it took him a month to say this. It was It was a month too late because remember, all of this happened in December. And what I forgot to mention here was that the police were not keen on collecting any physical evidence from Lauren's home. They didn't swab. They didn't do anything. They just collected her as an overdose, done deal, ignoring the fact that she had a date. And it is not that uncommon, okay, for things to go awry on a date, especially when she only knew this man for three days. He could have been a complete sociopath, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So right now, the city is just doing damage control. Finally, though, it worked. The persistence worked. The public outlash worked because finally, on January 27th, Police opened a criminal investigation into Lauren's death. And currently, as I'm recording this, it is February 12th, and there is no new movement on the case. So that's what we know about Lauren's death so far. And here's what I think, because this is what really bugs me the most right now, okay? It's been a month. It's been a month. Any evidence, any time-sensitive evidence, any witness 
who could have seen anything to attest to that, to what happened that night. Their testimony is now less viable because they've waited so long. Because they didn't question anybody, this case may forever go unresolved. Because remember, everything that was written in the police report, everything that we know about that night was as told by her bumble date, who, if this was a case of a white woman, would have instantly been seen as a suspect. Because bad people do drug their dates, and sometimes these druggings go wrong. It is not as uncommon as you think. And on top of that, she did not know this man. She's only spoke to him, we're assuming through text, for a few days. And interestingly enough, what I could not find any information on, the sus, and I call him the suspect, he's not a suspect yet, but in the date's testimony, he states that Lauren left suddenly to go outside. I'm assuming she exited her building to meet her brother. And then she went into to the bathroom for 10 to 15 minutes before returning to the movie and falling asleep, right? Well, there's a couple of issues here. Number one, have we confirmed this with her brother? Did that really happen? Has anyone looked at her phone logs? Also, too, the 15 minutes in the bathroom, to me, sounds like drug use, okay? But remember, this is all his story. So did that 15 minutes happen? Or did he say it happened just to support the story of an overdose? A lot of people are speculating, and this is just speculation, that he drugged her and it just went wrong. Maybe his whatever he got was laced with fentanyl and he just didn't know. And now he's just creating a story to cover his tracks because what he did is essentially manslaughter, if not first degree. What I don't understand is if the police had that story, why aren't they trying to figure out the source of what killed her so to prevent further overdoses? I just have so many questions here about this case and absolutely nothing has been answered yet. And they've only started answering questions after public outcry. So that is why I am bringing this case to your attention today, because you may not have heard of it or you've only heard of it from the surface from news reports, because a lot of news reports are just reporting it as why haven't we heard about her case? That is an important, important topic. But for me right now, what's more important right this second is figuring out what happened to Lauren Smith Fields. My name is Sophia Talley, and this has been True Crime In It. For more information, including show notes and sources, please visit www.thedrugcutter.com slash truecrime. And now it's time for a knitter mission. Oh, no. <laughs> So I wanted to show you guys my book, but I'm using it to prop myself up because my setup is a little bit, it's a little bit stressed. So if you see me moving, oh, you know what? This even looked better than before. Well, whatever. Now I got to move my, please hold. Look what came in the mail. It's me. I posted it on, I posted this book on TikTok. This is my book and I posted myself unboxing it on TikTok and I recommend everyone to give it a, give it a look, give it a like, give it, give it a, 
I don't do y'all do thumbs up on TikTok. I'm old AF. Okay. But this is my book. It's called Knit Two Socks in One and Discover the Easy Magic of Turning One Long Sock into a Pair. Yay. Look at the back. It's hardcover too. You feel that? It was supposed to be, uh, what is that, with a spiral so that way you can flip it back. Oh, I dropped it. It was supposed to be like a spiral bound book, but with COVID, it was a lot of things were hard to get with COVID. But I do love this hardcover, okay? Because a lot of my spinal books that I've had with a spine on it since using them, I I ripped them <laughs> to shreds, not on purpose, but because they're so loved. They're usually my most loved books. I'm hoping this would be like super sturdy because there are, you hear it, 21 designs. And also in this book, you can create any type of socks you want, two at a time, without having to worry about getting bored with a second sock, without having to fumble with a long circular needle, okay, because ain't no one got time for that, and without having to tangle up two balls of yarn as you work two socks at a time. So that's the whole point of this method. The whole point was to get something you can just cast on in the car without having to worry about having a full pattern. The beauty of this book too is that it is available in Kindle format. So it is perfect to travel with. I love both. I'm weird. I'm not just saying that to sell more, but I'm just being 100% honest. I like both. I like having a Kindle version and I like having the hard version because sometimes at the end of the work week, okay, my eyes are beat from editing and from, yeah, editing my podcast and editing my my patterns and writing blog posts and newsletters, my eyes are tired at the end of the day. So I personally am starting to really love written like hard copy way more at the end of the day. But if I'm on the go, all right, if I'm like trying to go on a car, like a, a road trip, I ain't bringing this. I'm bringing my Kindle or rather it's my son's Kindle we share because he's two. Okay. He don't need a Kindle full time. So yeah. And let's, let's look inside. Let's look inside. I've never, I don't have a plan for showing this off to you guys, but look at that. Okay. Look, this is what I, about this. Okay. So I work with story publishing and what I really, loved about this is how we really wanted this to sound to for this book to read like a storybook like I say choose your story find your path all of the socks are actually named after named for like storybook theme so we have Rapunzel's ladder and we have flower buds because I just think of floral when you know what fantasy books you have a good book in bed socks you know they all have that theme to it and so I really adore that look at those bed socks another thing with these with this book is that you may notice when you look at it a lot of the socks are actually different yarn weights I did not just stick to fingering weight and I did that on purpose because I find that bed socks are just as cozy and they have their own purpose just like how fingering weight socks have like fingering weight socks are perfect for you know slipping into your boots and your shoes you know things like that but in the time of the panini press the global panini we are spending more and more time indoors so I really want to do a collection of like warm bed socks and slipper socks as well 
to cater to that fact that we are spending more time, you know, connecting virtually and and trying to stay cozy. You know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the past few years since COVID happened, a lot of brands have been pushing that like cozy, you know, that cozy branding, which I really love because it's so true. I mean, my whole wardrobe, I don't know about y'all, but my whole wardrobe can't change from as soon as COVID hit. Like I'm like, I'm wearing a Neopets sweatshirt right now. If you can't see me, shout out to my to my millennials and my elder millennials who were on Neopets with me and maybe some Gen Xers. So that's why I really want it cozy. But of course, there are quite a few patterns, quite a few fingering weight yarn. And so check it out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes and everywhere. Okay, the link's going to be everywhere. It's on pre-order. You can pre-order it from Amazon and it will be released on March 1st. So if you pre-order it, you're it's it's released on March 1st. I don't know if that means you get it on March 1st or if it means that you have to wait for shipping. I'm very new to this. Like I had <laughs> this week, I had to sign book plates. Okay. And if you don't know what book plates are, because I didn't know. Okay. I literally Googled it when I was asked to sign these book plates. And I'm just like, okay, Google, what are book plates? And um, they're just like these little things that author signs or like these little stickers that you could then stick into a book and have a signed copy without having to ship heavy books back and forth. It's a little bit easier, a little bit less expensive, a little more eco-friendly, okay? And so I, I was signing these book plates and I'm just like, okay, what are book plates? Okay, how do you sign a book plate? I literally was Googling how other authors sign their book plates because I had no stinking idea of what I was doing. So like this whole thing is all new to me. This is my first book ever. And I really, really hope it is not my last because I enjoyed it so much. I I just love this. I want to give it a hug. I'm going to bring it to my in-laws house today to show them. Be like, look at this. We're going to go see my in-laws after this. So anyway, that is my knitter mission. And thank you everyone for your love and support. I can't believe I still have y'all listening to me. And I hope to see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.